You are listening to the Talk Bible to Me podcast. Join Megan and Emily as they work verse by verse through the book of 1 John here in season 5. Before we get started, a message from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Sydney English, the Director of Ministry Engagement at Go Ministries. Let me ask you a question. What could you do with a dollar a day? Well, here at Go Ministries, a dollar a day helps us provide resources to kids out in the Dominican Republic, helps get them off the street, provide ministry, mentorship opportunities, and basic needs for all of the kids in our four areas of ministry. Through sports, medical, church planting, and in our Go School, $30 a month will help provide these kids all of these incredible opportunities. Learn more at gomin.org sponsor. Hi guys, we are back and at it. <laughs> ready for action. We're ready for action. I almost feel like I don't know how to start the podcast because it's been so long since we've been together, Emily. It's a whole new year. It's a whole it's been a whole year since I've seen you. <laughs> I guess it hasn't been a whole year, but anything cool and exciting that you want to, you know, just inform us on? <laughs> I'm having a baby, y'all. To announce that she's naming her baby Megan. <laughs> if it's a boy. And if it's a boy, she's naming her baby Megan, but for a boy. You know, not today. <laughs> Not today. Okay, well, guys, we are so excited because this season, season six, can you believe we're in season six? That's awesome. That's I think crazy. This is, this is my third season, right? Oh my gosh, it is. Woohoo! Came in in Philippians and then Hosea. And if you guys haven't heard those yet, go check those out. But this is season six, and we are diving into one of my favorite books of the Bible. Do you want to tell them, Emily? First John. And so as you guys know, um, what we do when we first start a book of the Bible is we ask the questions um, to make sure we understand what is happening. So we're going to go through an introduction. We're going to introduce you guys to the book of First John. And then um, next week we will dive in by starting in verse one. Emily, are you ready to get this party started? So ready. Okay. So when we start, there are five questions that we're going to highly recommend to you when you begin a book. Now, the questions that we have here and the new format that we're going to be structuring the show on moving forward are all available in a booklet called How to Study the Bible, which is available on our website, www.theboldmovement.com. It is two or three dollars. It's very cheap. Um, We just have to pay for our costs. That's it. So. If you can't afford that, email us at info at theboldmovement.com and we will hook you up um, because I never want a sister not reading the Bible or knowing how to study due to money. So just do that. But the first five questions that we recommend are, do you want to say them, Emily? Sure. Question one is who and to whom? Question two is when? Question three is where and where? Question four is what? And question five is why? And we will explain all of those to you. No. No. That's it. That's That's it. That's the end of the episode, actually. So good luck. Okay. It's been fun, guys. See ya. (laughs) 
get really good ratings for this. <laughs> All right. Well, let's start with question number one. Who and to whom? This one seems pretty obvious. Who wrote First John and to whom was that author writing? And so I will hit up who and you'll write or you can um, add in little snippets that you like to do. I like to do fun facts. If you're new to our podcast, by the way, hey, I'm Megan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm Emily. <laughs> and something you need to know about us is I love fun facts and Emily loves the French countryside. There it is. <laughs> and that's our personalities. <laughs> so who wrote First John? Well, I know this is going to come as a shock to some of you, but his name was John. He was a disciple, and we know that because I like to back up my facts, my fun facts with proof. If you go to Mark chapter 1, verses 16 through 20, this talks about his call to discipleship. He is the one who wrote it. Mark, or Mark, oh my goodness. John is the brother of James. He is the son of Zebedee, and you will hear them referred to as the sons of thunder at times. He is this is like my favorite fact about John. One of my favorite facts about John. John was the only disciple at the crucifixion with the women. And one of those women was his mother. Isn't that interesting? And we know that because of Matthew 27, 55 through 56. Did you say something? I feel like. I just said hanging out with mama. That's right. Because mom, mother knows best. <laughs> so um, I do think that's very interesting and we're gonna learn about that but i think it's interesting that he was the only disciple out of 12 to show up at the crucifixion and jesus asked him to take care of his mother um after his death in his gospel john is known as john the beloved um and then i like to clarify this okay so if you thought this i don't want you to feel silly because there have been a lot of people John the disciple is not John the Baptist. So these are two separate people. And I just want us to clarify that. Um, he was part of Jesus' inner circle. And you can see that in Mark 9, 2 through 3, Luke 8, 49 through 56, and Matthew 26, 36 through 38. And how many books of the New Testament did he author, Emily? He wrote five. Five books of the entire Bible was written by this wonderful author, John. Um, the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and then Revelation. And I'll tell you, as someone who has been taking private tutoring, um, and as someone who is in a Greek class currently, Emily, um, John is our very favorite person to translate because he uses all the easy words. So mm -hmm. thank you, John. <laughs> John is our friend. John is all, oh, what is that thing from Finding Nemo? Fisher friends, not food. Not food. Well, John was a fisherman and he's definitely not food. So I guess that was applicable there as well. <laughs> Good one. It wasn't. Nothing has changed. I'm still not funny. <laughs> You make me laugh every time, though. But it's like a sympathy laugh. <laughs> it's like, oh, I feel so sad for her. Or it's like just cringy enough that it's like, oh, I got to give it to her because this is awkward. Sometimes it's so bad it is funny. 
it's so bad it's good <laughs> all right and let's talk about to whom john was writing you want to take the lead on this one yeah sure um so a group of churches were being attacked with false information in this um at the time of his writing. And so um, there's not an actual particular audience that he's writing to, but he was um, very active in Ephesus. So likely a lot of people, groups of churches in Ephesus were being written to at this time. Um, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> so the next question would be when, when was this letter written? Take it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Probably sometime between 70 and 80 AD. So that AD would mean after the death of Christ. So um, still sometime within that generation. So there were still people alive who would have known him personally, obviously John. Um, yeah. Awesome. And then we come to where and where. And the reason we ask where and where is because there's actually three wheres. So really it should be where where and where. <laughs> where so where, where. the first yeah, the first one is where was the author when he wrote the book? The second is where was the audience? And the third is where in the Bible can I find this? And the reason we ask these three questions is because just because John is writing to this specific group does not necessarily mean they're in the same place. So let's look at Paul's letters, for example. He writes some of them from prison. He writes some of them um, to pastors who are far away. I mean, there's tons of flexibility with that. And it's going to help us have a better understanding of what is happening in that book if we understand this level of information in the introduction. So let's get started with this. Where was the author when he wrote this book? Some of these things we're going to have to insinuate or um, we're going to have to guess, use our best guess. And so in this scenario, it's going to be our best guess. And it, it, it appears that John was probably in Asia Minor, especially around Ephesus, like we had talked about. And then where was the audience? Probably in that area, too. It's probably directed toward those in Asia Minor as well. And then where in the Bible can we find this book, Emily? This book is towards the end. It's actually the 62nd book out of the 66. So almost all the way back. You're going to have 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, then Jude, and then Revelation. So like, just go to the very end of your Bible, flip back a few pages, and you'll find it. Yeah, and it's a really short book, so um, don't flip too much. And it's in the New Testament, so I think it's great. Okay, we're almost done with our questions. What is the next question? And we like to ask two specific what's. What was happening while he was writing it? And this is going to lead into the why. And then what genre is this? So I'm going to start with the genre. I'm going to flip them how we have them written, Emily. Um, what genre is this? This is an epistle, which is a funny word, basically meaning it's a letter written by an apostle. So... Most of the epistles were written to churches or to people, to pastors, as you had said before. So just a fancy word for letter, basically. That's right. And then what was happening during this time? Well, first, John was written to reassure Christians who were struggling um, that they are still true believers. And so a false gospel had slipped into the church in this area and really to the church at large. Um, and John is writing to encourage them to stay strong in the faith, to continue on, to not waver. If they weren't with us, 
now. They were never with us before. And we're going to read things like that. And so when we have this mindset of why John wrote it and what was happening during this time, a lot of the content is going to make so much more sense. And then Mm -hmm. finally, our last question, why? Do you want to take this one? Sure. Um, So when we ask why, a lot of times that will lead us to the theme of the book. What is going on? Why is he writing this? And that would be um, just because of the context of what was happening before they were struggling, that they were still true believers. The theme of this book is obedience to God and loving your brothers and sisters in Christ and then warning against false teachers. So basically... Um, love and truth, teaching them what was true, teaching them that love is so important, um, and then also leading away from the false teachings they might have been falling into. Exactly. All right. And we're going to continue on. But before we get into the next segment of this podcast, a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Sydney English, the Director of Ministry Engagement here at Go Ministries. Go Ministries empowers local leaders to make disciples in the Dominican Republic. The DR has some of the highest rates of teenage pregnancy in all of the world. Around 9.6% of girls will have a kid between the ages of 15 and 19 years old. It's also one of the top countries for sex tourism, so sex trafficking is a huge issue. One of the reasons that is a lot of young girls stay at home while their moms go out and work, and so men are kind of kind of have free reign some of these houses with young girls at home left left vulnerable. So one thing that Go does is we provide a place for girls to come and play sports and do things during the day and be out of the house and be off the streets. One girl specifically, Diana, joined um, our volleyball program and she came in just so shy and with no confidence um, and her team was sponsored and that gave her the opportunity to just hear the love of Jesus, hear who she is, learn more about him. And she was baptized within a year of being in our program. Later that year, a lot of her family members were also baptized and um, we just got to see the kingdom of God multiplied. And all of this is thanks to the sponsorship program. Uh, we just want to invite you to join us at $30 a month. You can sponsor an athlete, sponsor a kid in our go school or sponsor a medical patient or church planting community and just see the kingdom of God multiplied. We absolutely love Go Ministries. And if you listen to last week's podcast, we talked about the vision for 2023 and the new partnerships that we have. And Go Ministry is one of our new partnerships, and we are so excited to help them reach their goal of 6,000 sponsored children for this year um, at $30 a month. And we would love for you to join that cause. I have taken on a child, my husband and I, and $30 or $30 a month. That's a dollar a day. You can do it. So join us in that. Um, link is in the bio of this. No, it's in the show notes, not the bio. I am not on social media right now. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So. Okay, back to it. So the next steps that we want to talk about when we're introducing a Bible, book of the Bible, is one, the gospel, which is something that we need to remind ourselves of every single day, and it will never get old. And the second is the new method that we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, which is the bold method. So Emily, do you want to share the gospel today? I can share the gospel. I just put her on the spot. She had no idea I was going to do that. (laughs) You know what? That's part of being bold though, right? Yeah. And this can count as one of your assignments. Hey, there we go. 
hey yo you don't know if you go in the academy you have to share the gospel 10 times and i need i need to share it again so that's this is right perfect. thanks for the opportunity free uh good grade there <laughs> oh, gosh <laughs> all right um okay so the gospel in the beginning before anything was created god created everything he was around before everything was created. He was not created. He is God. Um, so then he, long story short, created man and woman, and everything was good. Everything was exactly how he wanted it to be. There was no sin in the world. Everything was perfect. There was no sickness. People got along. It was Adam and Eve, and they were good and happy together with God. Um, however, um, they were tempted one day by Satan, who is the enemy of God, who wants to be like God. And God had told them there was one tree in the garden that he had created that they could not eat of. And Satan came to Eve and said, did God really say that you can't eat of any tree? And he tried to trick her. Um, so long story short, she takes a bite of the one tree that God said she could not eat of. And because of that, that was basically mankind saying that they wanted to be like God, um, not believing or trusting that God's word was true and good for them. And that caused a break, a separation between man and God. And so from then on, God had to kick Adam and Eve out of the garden and they had to toil over the land. Sickness and sin came in, murder, death, all the horrible things because of the fact that they were now no longer with the source of life. And because of that, that means that death is now included in um, our lives. And so God and his love for his people created the law for them to um, make sacrifices, to be able to atone or do something about their sin to try to bring them back together with God. Well, because we're human, there is nothing that we can do no amount of sacrifice, no amount of work that we can do that can actually make us good enough to be around a holy, perfect, loving God. And so this law, while it was good, it was not enough for us to be able to be reconciled back to God. And so over time, people would sacrifice and sacrifice and sacrifice, and it was still never enough. And again, God in his love decided that he from the beginning decided he was going to rescue mankind and he came down and became as a human lived G as Jesus on earth and then died on the cross. He lived a perfect life, died on the cross for our sins, took all of our sins on him. So basically he was the sacrifice that we tried to make over and over and over again, um, died on the cross for our sins as that sacrifice. And then he came back to life three days later because he defeated death. And so anyone who believes in him, believes that he died for our sins, is then reconciled back to God with that perfect sacrifice. Um, and then we have eternal life with him and no longer have death and suffering and we get to be with him. Um, but in order to do that, we have to actually have faith that God did that for us. And we have to understand that we are sinful beings and we can't do it on our own, that we need a savior. And so we have to be able to understand that what Jesus did is enough, that there's nothing that we can do that can get us right with God, except to accept that he died for us on the cross. And that is the gospel. Yeah. And I'm like <laughs> tearing up. I can't. <laughs> I'm so out of breath, but there it is. <laughs> oh, I don't think I can listen to the gospel or talk about it without tearing up because it's just like, I love it. It's so true. Every time that Megan has shared the gospel, 
She <laughs> cried and I love it. I will never, I will never forget the first time I heard you share the gospel. It was the first time I met her and we went on this retreat in Hawaii, which was beautiful, <laughs> but she shared the gospel and yet, I mean, like cried and all, every woman in that room could not hold themselves together and I will never forget it. It was so beautiful. So I love the gospel. I love the gospel. <laughs> it's like the best news ever. And so it, it brings me to tears every time because I know what a wretched, wicked sinner I am. Mm-hmm. And to have, oh, here I go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know. To have the King of Kings and God leave his throne on high because he didn't want to spend eternity without me. It's not, he didn't need me. He just wanted me. And that's just, mm-hmm. it just means a lot to me. Okay. Man, it's, my eyes are really sweaty tonight. So. <laughs> <laughs> This is how it should be, though. This is the extent to what the gospel should do to us. Like, we should have that understanding, even if it doesn't make us physically cry. It should do something to your heart that our creator cares that much about us. Like, it's not he's not just some deity up there who's like, well, you're not good enough, so I guess I'll do this. Like, it was truly that his heart is for his people, and he loves us. So... Yeah, that should do something every time. Oh my gosh, I love, I love that it makes you cry. Not oh. that I love that you cry, but <laughs> I'm like joining my class. <laughs> it's oh, I don't. It's just one of those things. Like, and and it was not always like that for me. There was a lot of times I was like, oh my gosh, are we hearing that again? Like, because mm. it would make me so uncomfortable to hear about how Jesus died and all, mm. and then um. One day I just prayed like, God, make your gospel real to me. Help me understand Mm -hmm. what this truly means for me. Because I think so many times it just becomes going through the motions. And it's just like, I've heard the story a million times. So like, it's almost like we just get used to it. And I was like, I never want to just get used to the gospel. Like I want it to be something every time I hear it and be careful what you pray for because now I can't hear it or talk about it without mm. sobbing like it's just that. yeah so I'll yeah, never forget that- the first time that I that I understood the old testament sacrifices and what Jesus did like I mm. was I think I was in college the first time I really connected those like I never thought about like if you know the story of Moses and the Israelites and the Passover and how they sacrifice a lamb and put the blood over the door. And then if God saw that, he would pass over their house. Like the idea of that sacrifice saving their lives and then connecting that sacrifice that they had to do from then on with Jesus. Like that was so mind blowing to me that that's what he did. Like it wasn't just that he died on the cross. It was that he sacrificed his blood was what makes God pass over us in the sense of not giving us eternal death away from him yeah so it's 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 awesome literally the most beautiful story so and we need it every single day (laughs) yes thank you so much for sharing that with us emily um (laughs) on the spot (laughs) 
<sighs> and for those of you who are not comfortable with sharing the gospel, just know that we do have some seats open um, in the academy for the next cohort starting May 1st. And we've got a few things up our sleeves. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. So, okay, now let's work through um, the new format that we're going to be doing with this Talk Bible to Me podcast. And it is what we like to call the BOLD method because it is an acronym, BOLD, B-O-L-D. And so B, begin with prayer and the Bible. And there are three or four things that we're just going to like toss out there for you, just little notes. And Emily, jump in at any time, okay? Okay. Um. One, you're going to begin with prayer because any time that we approach the word of God, we need to remember that it is from his mouth, right? It is um, God breathed. All scripture is God breathed. And so we want to pray that we handle it correctly, that we um, learn from it correctly, and that we get out of it what God wants us to get out of it. Um, we we don't want any eisegesis up in here. We don't want to cherry pick. We want exegesis where we can communicate effectively what is happening in scripture and then how we can apply it, which we'll get to in a minute. So we're going to pray. That's the first thing we're going to do. And then before beginning, um, we're going to read the book in its entirety. And the reason we do this is because you don't pick pieces out of the Chronicles of Narnia, or you're going to be completely lost on what's going on. You can read the first page and then jump later and you're like, why are there talking people with lamb butts and horns? You know what I mean? So (laughs) I don't even remember. I wanted to call it a Dementor and I don't think that's the right thing. I think that's Harry Potter. So (laughs) (laughs) my Baptist upbringing is like, I can't believe I just admitted to watching Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah but anyway um if you just jump into any sort of story whether it's fiction or nonfiction, you're going to be completely lost and so we want to make sure that you start at the beginning read it all the way through and then um get prepared to read it uh and then um there are a couple ways we want you to read the passage that we're going to be studying and so we want you to read it out loud because science says if you speak things out loud they tend to stick better into your memory and we want to hide god's word in our hearts and so we read it out loud and then we want to read it in multiple translations at least 2 to 3 because different translations were written for different cultural times and so There's nothing wrong with different translations. And it's not that they're trying to change what the Bible says. It's that language changes over time. And so when we have different translations, it's speaking to different types of generations or different um, areas of people. So if we read it in two to three translations, we're going to have a better grasp of what's being said because we've heard it a couple different ways. And then um, we want to encourage you guys to annotate your scripture. And we do have annotation guides and you can, like I said, in our um, how to study the Bible packet that's available on our website has an annotation guide that you can use. And there's just a lot of fun things in there. Like when you see a pronoun, write who that pronoun belongs to. So if it says, I say to you, it can be, I, God say to you, Christians. And that way we have a better idea of who's talking to whom and all of that great stuff. So that is begin with prayer in the Bible. Emily, do you want to add anything to that? No, oh, I think that's great. Honestly, that's good. Okay, cool. And then, oh, on your own, 
wrestle with the text. We do not want to immediately jump into what the scholars say, what the commentaries say, what the extra biblical resources say. We want to wrestle with the text on our own so we can become better Bible scholars as we pursue these um, studies, as we dive deeper into the word. And so there's a couple of uh, things that we encourage you to do and that we're going to be doing as we're studying scripture. And if you're wrong, guess what? That's okay because you're going to figure it out as we study together. And so um, the first is summarize the passage in one sentence. And if you can summarize the passage in one sentence, then that means you have a pretty good grasp on what's happening and you can measure your comprehension of that text. Then the second is what is the connection between this passage and the overarching theme of scripture? Because scripture tells one story. It's all one story. And so we want to find where the passage that we're reading, where it fits into that story. And then um, we're going to ask a couple of questions. Is this passage directed towards you or your relationships? That might be your relationship with your friend, your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with food, your relationship with time. And so we'll be able to navigate that as we read as well. And then um, what is this passage Now that we know some of the things it is saying, what is this passage not saying? How are some Mm -hmm. ways that we could take it out of context, but that's not what it means, but it would be easy to do. And when we can acknowledge what it's not saying, it's going to be a lot easier to figure out what it is saying. And then we're going to move to L, which is learn more. And this is where we look up information and extra biblical resources and tools. Emily, what is one of your favorite extra biblical resources? Um, I personally love biblehub.com. Um, it is a super simple resource. If you need to look up like original language, you can find the Greek on there um, to see what the literal meanings of what you're reading is. Um, there's also some little commentaries on it as well. And it's free, which is something that I love about it because there are a lot of resources that cost a lot of money. And that's one that you can just hop on and it's free and it's easy. And I've always loved using it. So BibleHub.com. I love BibleHub. I think that's a great tool. My Mm -hmm. favorite resource or tool is probably the Dictionary of Biblical Imagery because I think there's a lot of Jewish imagery missed for me because I don't have a lot of knowledge in that area. And so that really helps me understand more in depth some of the things being said. Yeah. So, okay. And finally, the D. Do you want to talk about the D? Um, do something with what you've learned. So every time you read, actually something that my husband, he's a pastor and something that he always says in our church is what is God saying to me and what am I going to do about it? And so something that's so important with scripture is that we don't just take what we've learned and then go throughout our day, not even thinking about it. Um, you want to apply it to your life. That is one of the main parts of scripture that it's so important because God didn't just give it to us as this like self-help, just some good little information for our brain. It's meant to actually change our lives. That is how we know that we're living a biblical Christian life. And actually we'll learn about a lot of that in first John. Um, Mm -hmm. But doing something with what you have learned is so, so important. Yeah. And so there's a series of questions that we will ask to help us understand the application so that we know how to apply it. And we'll get to those next week as we start diving into First John. Guys, it has been so much fun spending time with you today. I'm so glad that you're back. If you have not yet, please subscribe 
Give us a five-star rating. If you don't like us, just stay away from the stars. You can email us. You can complain. Just don't give us a bad rating, please, okay? Give us a chance. (laughs) Give us a chance. All right. Awesome. Well, guys, until next time. Go out and be bold. You were listening to the Talk Bible to Me podcast, hosted by Megan Rawlings and Emily Richardson. This has been a production of 1801 Media in association with The Bold Movement. For more information, please visit www.theboldmovement.com. Hi, I'm Sydney English, the Director of Ministry Engagement here at Go Ministries. Go Ministries empowers local leaders to make disciples. I am living proof of that empowerment. Because of this, I'm going to sponsor a child through our Disciple First Sponsorship Program. This helps us provide education, resources, mentorship opportunities, and more to kids in the Dominican Republic. Would you join me in sponsoring a disciple at $30 a month at gomin.org sponsorship.